Listen, take your Bibles, if you would, this morning. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Oh, listen, i got to tell you, I'm excited with what the Lord is doing. How many of you have just, just sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning and His faithfulness? Amen? I want to talk about this morning the blood of. The blood of. I think that it's appropriate at uh, this time of year... We, we talk about the blood throughout the year, but how many of you understand that it was because of the blood of Jesus that we can sit here changed by the power of God this morning? When I think about these men and the words that they wrote that became Holy Scripture, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they didn't write these words as men of God who were just wanting to speak to people. These were men who had walked and talked with Jesus. How many of you are walking, talking with Jesus? And I think what I love, what I see God doing in the world today is making this relationship we have with Jesus very personal, very powerful, very wonderful. And Peter said, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value, It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now, in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him Great glory. How many of you could just see the personal way in which Peter was relating to all of that? Father, this morning we come to you again so thankful for what you've done. As we dive into your word, as we come around the table of the Lord to celebrate you. Lord, we come this morning as people who have been changed and who have a first-hand knowledge, just like Peter did, just like Paul and John Lord, we've met with you, and we love you. We pray this morning that you would increase and we would decrease. In Jesus' name, and God's people said. My pastor wrote this a few years back, and I ran across it again, and I wanted to read it this morning. It said, Easter, there can be no greater time of year. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus is more than just something that took place shortly after the crucifixion. It is the very foundation of our Christian doctrine. The Apostle Paul said that if Christ be not risen from the dead, we are of all men most miserable. Our preaching is vain. Our faith is vain. Everything amounts to nothing if Christ be not risen. But not if Christ is risen from the dead. The Bible goes on to say, and he has become the first fruits of them that sleep. The resurrection of Jesus wasn't the end, it was just the beginning. The great thrill of the resurrection is not only that Jesus lives, but that we shall live also. He came to give eternal life, and that life more abundant. I love that. He said this, he said, I knew a fine old Christian once who often used to say, live to self and you live in vain, live for Christ and you live again. How many of you are thankful that we've gained all through Jesus Christ? 
Resurrection Sunday reminds us of the open and empty tomb that our Lord and Savior Jesus won the victory on the cross and he drove back sin, death, hell, and the grave. I'm thankful that we have victory over all three of those. If you are too, say a good amen. Today I want to focus a little bit on the cross, specifically what the cross brought forth. And that's the precious blood of Jesus. The longer I live and the more that I serve Jesus, when I talk about the blood, I can't say that without the word precious. Has Jesus become precious to you? Something valuable. Many people don't like the sight of blood. Most people don't like to see their own blood. And most people definitely don't like to see the blood of others. But for the Christian, we understand that the Bible tells us that there is life in the blood. And that without the blood, there is no life in the natural. And I want to remind us this morning that without the precious blood of Jesus being applied to our lives, there is no life in the spiritual. For the most part, we never see what the blood is doing. It's coursing through our veins. It's on the inside. But if it wasn't there, you and I wouldn't be alive. And if there is no life, then the blood wasn't doing its work. But if there is life, turn to someone next to you right now and tell them, hey, the blood seems to be doing its job. Go ahead and tell them right now. The very fact that you're here this morning physically in the natural means that the blood that God put inside of you, you're doing all right. But I want to tell you the fact that you're sitting here in church, you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you've been set free from your sins, it tells me that there is life in the blood. Tell someone again, listen, I see life in you. Go ahead if you would. I want to remind us that the blood is a great many things to all of us. It is the blood of. I don't want to talk about what it is the blood of. First of all, this morning, it is the blood of forgiveness. In Hebrews 9.22, it says, In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. 1 John 1.9 says, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and true, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, which is our wrongdoing and everything not in conformity with his will and with his purpose. How many of you are thankful you've been forgiven this morning? Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, without the blood of Jesus, there is no forgiveness of sin. It is the blood of Jesus that makes forgiveness available to each and every one of us. I found that Resurrection Sunday has a way of allowing us to look back. And many people, when they look back over their lives, all they see is regret and shame, mistakes, or missed opportunities. But when we look back as Christians, I find that we wind up filled with thankfulness. 
I've got to tell you, when we were singing about the blood of Jesus and what we used to be, I found myself just weeping over here, thanking God that I'm not what I used to be, but I'm everything that he made me to be. If you can say the same thing, say a good amen. Because of the blood, we're no longer what we were. We are no longer sinners. We are now saints of God and children of God. His blood of forgiveness is the blood of cleansing. We are clean. All of our sin has been washed and covered under the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. All of this because of the blood. All of us who are deserving of death have been forgiven. All of our sin... And now we have the promise of eternal life. Because of the blood of Jesus, we know that the relationship with God the Father has been restored. We were once put at a distance from God, but now we have been brought near, the Bible says, by the blood of Christ. The sin brought separation, but forgiveness restored relationship. I love that not only do we become family with God, the Bible says that we now have relationship with all who call on the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that because of the blood, we have fellowship with one another. 1 John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Can I tell you the precious knowledge, not only that we were drawn close to the Father, but we've been brought close to one another. I was thinking this morning of one of my friends. We grew up in high school, and we really, he, he was kind of rough on me growing up. I really didn't like him a whole lot. But he came to know Jesus as Savior. A few years back, he came and visited us here in this church. Last night, I put on our Facebook page, looking forward to seeing you on Sunday morning, on Resurrection Sunday, and he wrote underneath it, he said, listen, if I wasn't here in California, I'd be right there in church cheering you on, preaching the gospel. And I thought, isn't it neat how the blood of Jesus Christ, when we were once apart from one another, now brings us close together as family. The blood of Jesus has a way of taking enemies and making them the best friends you'll ever have. If you think that's wonderful, can we give God a shout. In the world that we live in right now where it is seeking to divide every one of us for every possible reason, the Bible says that we can be not only brought near to the Father, but to one another. Turn to someone and say real quick, who's not your husband and wife, and say, I'm really thankful you're family. Go ahead right now. The second thing that it is is the blood of peace. Some of you are being convinced that you're really happy, you love one another. That's good to see. Hallelujah. This morning it is the blood of peace. In Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. The blood of Jesus was shed because without it we would still be enemies of God. 
Don't miss this. God made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood. One of the names of God is God our peace or Jehovah Shalom. The peace that comes through Jesus is known to us as believers as the peace that passes understanding or a peace that doesn't even make sense. Before Jesus, everything in all of creation was under the curse. But it is the blood of Jesus that redeems and restores everything that had been tainted and destroyed by sin. The peace that Jesus brings encompasses, the Bible tells us, everything in heaven and on earth. The word shalom, that word for peace, means harmony and wholeness completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. It means to make everything good and to restore. The ancient Hebrew meaning of shalom was to make something whole and complete. It's not just regarding a practical restoration of things that were lost and stolen, but with it is the overall sense of fullness and completeness in mind, body, and spirit. How many of you know that God came to make us completely whole through the blood of Christ? The blood of Jesus, first of all, brings us peace with God, but it comes with all kinds of benefits that bless us completely. His peace brings us completeness in life and in every relationship. And because of the blood, peace is no longer situational. Oh, can I tell you this morning that when Jesus came, you only had peace if everything was going just the right way. But how many of you know that in Christ Jesus, we have peace regardless of our situation? Because our peace is found in him. Literally, Jesus is our peace. The blood is also the blood of change. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, he says, look at it. Take a look. All things have become new. We can come to Jesus just the way that we are. But I want to remind you this morning, he loves us too much to leave us that way. All true disciples of Christ are changed. I want to remind you this morning that Jesus came to change us by the blood of Christ. Make no mistake about that. The blood moves us from death to life, from sinner to saint, and from incomplete to wholeness. Change may start with our desire, but without the blood of Jesus, we are incapable of becoming like him. To change, we must be willing the Bible says, to die to ourselves. And I want to tell you, this has been hitting me hard in the last couple of months. We must die to ourselves. Philippians 1.21, Paul said, For me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. In Luke 9.23, then he said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny 
himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen, he didn't say, I want you to just inconvenience yourself with certain things. Instead of approving yourself in front of everybody and reminding them how good you are and all that you're accomplishing, he said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. Oh, I want to tell you, we're so hard trying to find ourselves in this day and age. Listen, you will never find who you really are until you die to yourself and find yourself holy in Christ's cross. Our flesh and our will will always rise up. But the blood changes us and makes us clean. But daily we must desire to live changed. The cross works in us. I want to tell you a willingness to give up everything that would hinder us from doing the perfect will of God. The blood reminds us that Jesus gave his all. And this is why each day we can give our all to him. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. And the Son of God, watch this, who loved me and gave himself for me. This morning I want to remind you that it is the blood of healing. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes... We are healed. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally, we are healed. Oh, can I remind you this morning, the blood of Jesus Christ wasn't shed on the cross just to do a partial work, but to do a complete work in every single one of us. I want to tell you in this year of overflow, one of the things I believe we are going to see at a level like we've never seen before is the healing of God, making people complete, spirit, soul, mind, and body. Listen, I believe that God heals mental illness. I believe that God can take the insecure and make them into bold disciples of Jesus Christ. I believe the Lord can take those of us who have been broken by life and put us back together again better than we've ever been. I believe that God can take every mistake we've ever made and use it for his glory. If you believe that, say a good amen. I believe we're going to see in this year of overflow better things than we've ever known. It's interesting that in the old days, people believed in bloodletting to bring healing. They believed that if they could just get enough of the sickness out of the body, that people would be healed. I want to tell you this morning that the cross made bloodletting unnecessary. The blood brings resurrection power into every area of our life. Sickness in any form is a form of death and decay. But I want to remind you that the Bible says that the life is in the blood. Today, if you need healing in any way, spirit, soul, or body, his blood has made provision for it. In a little while, we're going to gather around the table of the Lord and receive the elements that represent the body and the blood of Jesus. 
I want you to begin to prepare your heart this morning to receive healing into your life. I believe he's here to do miracles. I believe that God wants to do the complete finished work inside of every one of us. I want to remind you this morning that it is the blood of our victory. In Revelation 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It is through the blood that you and I become overcomers and conquerors in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.15 says, And having spoiled, I love that, he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. It is the blood of Jesus that overcame death, hell, and the grave. Just this week I was reading through something and someone said, I want to see where that is in the Bible that says that Jesus overcome death, hell, and the grave. They said, you can't even find that verbatim in the Bible, so I don't know why Christians use it. Listen, can I tell you why we use it? Because we find that throughout the Bible. Come on, someone say a good amen. He did overcome death, hell, and the grave. What people want to do anymore is take little things and begin to try to pick apart the sacred work of God. But I'm here to tell you, Satan doesn't want you to know that you're a victor over those areas, but Jesus wants you to know that you are an overcomer and a conqueror in Jesus' name. The Bible actually tells us that we go from victory to victory, from glory to glory. We go from one victory in our life to another victory in our life. If things get difficult, we already know what the outcome is going to be. Slap someone next to you and tell them, The outcome is victory. Go ahead. Tell them right now. Listen, Resurrection Sunday reminds us that you and I are not victims. Even while Jesus, listen, was being beaten, even while Jesus was wounded and being mocked and ridiculed, even when Jesus was being killed on the cross, he was not a victim. At any moment, he could have called legions of angels to rescue him. But willingly, he laid down his life. In one of the most brutal deaths ever in recorded history, Jesus refused to play the victim. He didn't whine on the cross. He didn't look at God and say, this isn't fair. Not once. Instead, when God had looked away, Jesus still said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Jesus looked past the trial, the torture, the pain, and death, knowing that he was greater than every bit of it. And his blood in our life is the blood of victory over death, hell, and the grave. Listen, how many of you know that you are a victor in Jesus' name? I want to remind you this morning that it is the blood of Jesus. In Hebrews 3.12, 
It says, and so Jesus also suffered, suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Luke twenty two twenty says, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. In Revelation 1, 5, it says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Can I tell you, this was personal to Jesus. And because of that, this becomes personal to us. Church, Jesus shed his blood for you and me. Years ago, when the movie The Passion of the Christ came out, the actors while they were filming the movie, and then the audience were moved to tears when the actors performed, and then when we witnessed the brutality and the reality of what Christ endured for us, for me. You see, the blood came with a name attached to it. Jesus. Jesus to us is not a historical figure that we look upon with admiration. He's not just the Savior of the world. He's my Savior. He's my brother. Mary, the Apostle John, Peter, Many others saw what he did, and for them it was personal. It was excruciating. It was painful. It was unbearable. It was humiliating, angering, and overwhelmingly humbling for them. This Resurrection Sunday, my prayer is that for us, this thing would not just be something that happened to somebody we would know that that was the blood of our Savior, our friend. And it was shed for us. I want to remind you, church, that that alone changes everything. Do you realize that you and I were personal to Jesus? And you still are. There'll be two types of Christians in church this morning that come in and it's a ritual. It's just something that they do. And there will be believers that walk into the house of God and sit with their families and it becomes a very personal thing. I love being with my family. How many of you are thankful that the Holy Spirit is in you this morning and with us? I want to remind you that it is the blood of the Lamb. To put it another way, this Jesus who is personal to every one of us, it is the blood of sacrifice. Jesus died in our place. 
1 Peter 1.19 says, But you were actually purchased with precious blood, like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless, the priceless blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God. I want to remind you that it is the blood that saves us. And Romans 5.9, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? I want to remind you that we often say we are saved by the blood. But if you ask Christians what they will say they're saved from, many of us we will say we are saved from hell, sin, and the consequences of sin and death. And while all that is true, you and I many times forget the bigger picture. I want to remind you that we were saved from God's wrath. Ephesians 2, 3 in the Amplified says, Among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Our behavior governed by the sinful self, indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of the sinful mind. We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. The New Living Translation says, but our very na- by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. You know, it's interesting. We love to tell people that God's not mad at them. But actually, that's not biblical truth. If you have accepted the provisions of God's grace, that is true. How many of you have accepted the salvation of Jesus this morning? Now turn and tell him, tell him, God ain't mad at you. Go ahead and tell him. Listen, if you're a child of God, you've got the life of Jesus in you. But can I remind you, if you're not saved, you're not a child of God. And you are under the sentence of God's wrath and his anger and his righteous judgment. People will say, well, I thought that God is love. And he is. But I want to remind you that you can love someone and be angry at the same time. Only children in understanding don't get that. Any parents in here today who love your children but you've been mad at them once or twice? Come on, if you had, say a good amen. How many of you them felt your anger but you still loved them? The Bible says, while we were still yet sinners, while we were still objects of God's anger, while we were still under judgment and wrath, He died for us. Can I tell you this morning, that's the thing the enemy doesn't want you to know. God is angry at sin. He is angry that we fell away. He is, have a punishment that is sin and death. For the wages of sin is death. But listen, you don't have to die. You don't have to be under the anger of God. And those of us who have accepted Christ know that we say that everyone is a child of God but that's not true everyone is God's creation you are only a child of God if you have been saved by grace through faith if you have not been saved then you are a child of wrath not a child of God I want to tell you anyone that you will meet that has known Christ or has, and has not known Christ, but then came to know him as Savior, they were once children of wrath. The glorious thing is that we are no longer that. Someone needs to hear this and shout about it. Let me tell you, the blood saves us from the wrath of God, 
and the penalty of our sin, which is death and eternal, and eternal separation from God. Oh, listen, I want to tell you, I am saved and I am safe. Can you say that with me? I am saved and I am safe. Let's say it one more time. I am saved and I'm safe. And if you can't say that this morning, you'll be able to if you desire at the end of this service. I want you to hear that it is the blood that satisfies the righteous requirement of the law. You see, the blood places us under the law of love and under the work of grace. Understand that the blood was necessary to fulfill the law. I want to remind you this last couple weeks we've been studying about how God's grace came in. We've been studying that on Wednesday nights. If you were here this last Wednesday, I want to tell you the Lord touched us in a powerful way. Under the law, we were found guilty. But I want to remind you that under the blood, we have been justified, sanctified, and redeemed by the blood. Romans 8, 1 through 4 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be, fulfill, would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. If you're taking notes, put this down. It is the blood that speaks better things. Hebrews 12, 24 says to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. I want to remind you this morning that blood always has something to say. And that's why we're moved whenever we see blood spilled, be it a person or an animal. Under the law, spilled blood pointed out the tragedy and the senselessness of killing but it was powerless to bring about change or justice. Until Jesus spilled blood, spoke, then we had hope. The Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus speaks better things. Abel's blood called out for justice, but Jesus' blood overcame injustice, sin, death and hurt. Can I remind you in the world today, many of us are looking for justice. Many of us want to see in a world that has lawlessness raging around us, where is the justice? I want to remind you that it is found in the precious blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus speaks life, hope, peace, and righteousness with God. 
Lastly, this morning, it is the blood of love. John 15, 13 says this, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus laid it all on the line. And he laid down his own life for us. That's love. I've heard many times where people said that they would give their life for someone else or for a cause. But Jesus did both. I love what someone else said. People often say that they would give their life for someone else. But I want to ask you, would you live your life so that they can live? I want to remind you that Jesus did both. Jesus died so that we could live, but he also lived so that we could have abundant life. How many of you are thankful that the same Jesus who died is still alive today? That's love. That's right, you can give the Lord some praise in the house of God, that's okay. If you ever question whether or not God loves you, you just need to understand the blood. I remember we used to sing a song that reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never, 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 never lose its power. How many of you are thankful for that there's power in the blood of Jesus this morning? Come on, give him a hand if you would, and if you would, stand to your feet this morning. I want to tell you this morning we're going to receive as Sherry comes to the, to the keyboard. And if you would, would you stand with me this morning? In just a moment as the ushers will come, we're going to receive the elements of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. The biggest point of this whole meeting today was not just to look back and remember, but was to look up and realize that it's personal. Those who can stand for a little bit, you can stay standing. I know we usually pass this out while you're sitting down. But today I'd like us to honor the presence of the Lord by standing in His presence and saying, Lord, we thank you for your body and for your blood. My prayer today as you begin to hold these elements in your hand is once you get them, would you just begin to speak to him a little bit and thank him. Thank you for what you've done for me. Maybe look back over this year and remember what he's done by the blood. Mike, God brought you from the dead. Twice this year and from the dead a couple years ago. Brought you back from the dead, my friend. Literally. Literally. Ed Lewis, who's up visiting family. That's three people in a year's time God brought back from the dead. How many of you think that's amazing things? Now here's what I want to tell you. In our year of overflow, God said in greater things, so you do than these. I think that's pretty amazing things. How many of you know if we've seen three resurrections, and we have, how many believe we're going to see even more? Amen? So as these elements come your way, would you just hold them and thank God for what he's done?
passion, Jack. Father, this morning we are so grateful and in awe of your love for us. Jesus, as we hold these elements, we are so amazed at your love for us. Precious Savior, we come to you this morning as your family. We thank you that you're right here with us today. We thank you for how you gave your life on the cross. But that you rose again. Jesus, I'm amazed that you would look beyond it. For most of us, all we would have seen is the beating that was coming. All we would have looked at was the pain we were enduring. We, you look beyond all of that. And you saw the victory. And Jesus, we want to just say thank you. We love you too. If you're here this morning or if you're watching this and you don't know, you haven't made your life right with God, today you can. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can have that opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says that before we take communion, everyone ought to examine their heart to make sure that they're in the faith. So the, the call really this morning is for believers. If you've been away from God, today ask Him to forgive you. If you don't know Christ as your Savior today, you ask Him to forgive you. Make the commitment that you will die to yourself and live for Him this day forward. Could we pray a prayer this morning just together? We call it the sinner's prayer. I want to remind you, the prayer doesn't save you, but it's a great point of contact. I mean, you can pray a prayer and not mean it. That's called a lie, by the way. <laughs> but, but you can actually mean it, and the prayer becomes a place of contact where you are able to know that you've given your life to Jesus. Can we repeat this prayer together? Dear Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I ask you this morning to forgive me of every sin. And I invite you into my life. Today, I commit to live for you, not myself. Thank you for setting me free, for healing me, 
and that every promise of God's word becomes mine in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. Listen, if you've prayed that prayer, you can know that God has forgiven you, that you are now a child of God. You're no longer a child of wrath. You are a child of pleasure. That's a beautiful thing. And I want to welcome you into the family of God. If you prayed that prayer today, and, and, and I just feel like the Lord's saying, there's going to be someone who watches this, not today. You knowing this was done Sunday, but you're watching this several days down the road. There's a temptation now, and the enemy's speaking to you. You feel foolish. Don't. Jesus is right with you, right there, right now. You prayed that. He's for you. He loves you. And listen, you can, at any point, contact us through the website or on that thing. Let us know you gave your life to Jesus. We're here to support you and welcome you into the kingdom of God. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat it. And as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Let us remember the body of Christ this morning. In the same manner, after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant, new testament that's in my blood. Take it and drink it, and as often as you do, do it in remembrance of me. Let us receive the blood of Christ this morning. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. You're so faithful. Lord, thank you for your body and blood. Thank you for an empty tomb. Thank you for this resurrection day. Thank you, Father, that we are no longer walking dead people. We live for the glory of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the glory that's been here today. Thank you for your blood that has set us free and washed us clean, healed us, and made us to be family in the kingdom of God. We give you glory for it in Jesus' precious name. Oh, the Lord is good. Amen. Well, listen, Christ is risen. I don't know if you know that. The answer to that, he is risen indeed. Let's try that again. Christ is risen. Listen, the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you peace. And may you go into the world today and tell people of the risen Savior. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday, 7 o'clock.